Hi, I'm Jane Rose, and this is Inspiration is Everywhere, a deconstruction arts podcast that examines the world around us and takes a look at day-to-day inspirations, inspiring individuals, and how they may impact our lives. In the previous chapter with Dustin Owens, we heard his thoughts on being an artist and how self-exploration factors into that. In this segment, Dustin recounts some of his favorite performance experiences, including an unexpected brush with Meryl Streep, and ends with Tavy's decon takeaway of inspiration in two minutes or less. You've collaborated with some pretty remarkable people and had relationships and presented works in ways that some people will only ever dream of in their wildest dreams. So what I'm wondering is if there's a favorite experience from all of these that you could share. I will say the favorite was the first because again, okay, I mean, so, so not working with Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> like that was, that was such a cool experience. But like <laughs> he won't remember me from a, a fly on the wall, but it was just like, so let's just talk about that story of Meryl Street. I'm in rehearsal. You know, I get this call at the last minute to be a part of this big gala for the public, and it's at City Center. And I'm like, okay, and they're like, it's going to be star-studded. I was like, I will make sure that I can be there. So I go to rehearsal, and I'm singing with, um, I'm singing a duet with Cheyenne Jackson, and we're singing white boys, black girl, black boys from hair. And you know, it's a female song. So they're flipping it on its head or whatever. So we're learning it and we're laughing at this whole experience. And then they start, we learn it in the morning. Then about two hours later, they start staging it. And they're like, so at the end of this, you guys need to leave space because Merle is gonna walk through. And we're like, okay, well, where's Merle at rehearsal? And they're like, just make sure you leave this space between you guys because she's gonna come from upstate uh, and come down center. I'm like, well, where's Merle? Like every time we would run it, we were like, well, where is she? Like, is she coming or is he coming? Merle, like just kept saying Merle is coming. So it was a joke to us. And it wasn't until literally, because the, then the, the performance was two days later, like a performance was on, on the Sunday when this was like a Friday. So Saturday we go to orchestra rehearsal and we're seeing all these people that we're like, oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing this. So you have to start that. But they were like theater people. They were theater stars. So we get to the blocking rehearsal at City Center and we do our number and, you know, it's a whole lighting tech whole thing that you're doing. And then at the end of it, you know, the stager, the choreographer, all those people, they come like, remember we said to leave the space because Merle is going to come from back there. And we were like, I'm sick of Merle. I am so sick of whoever Merle is because Merle has not been to rehearsal. <laughs> we were laughing about it. And then the curtain opens and we're facing the audience downstage. And Meryl Street walks and stands in between us and we're like, and we just started laughing because this whole thing had been a joke. Well, Merle's gonna show up, but we never thought it was Meryl Street because it was Merle, not Meryl Street. And it was just this funny moment because we had finished our number and then there's Meryl Street and she's singing a song from here called Sodomy. So it was really about 
these two guys singing this song that was supposed to be done by girls, but because it was guys, the whole sodomy idea was supposed to be this boom thing and she's singing sodomy. So it was just this funny moment. So there's a picture online somewhere of me looking at her and it says all of that in my face. That's like, it's Meryl Streep. You guys, that's Meryl Streep. But it was just funny because I'm not necessarily starstruck. Like if you're a star from when I was a kid, I might be like, oh my God, that's this person, but I'm not like dying to meet you. But because there was such a funny connection to this Merle and not Meryl, and there she comes and I'm like, that's freaking Meryl Street. Okay, <laughs> you guys have been saying Merle for two days now. I didn't mean to hijack, but thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> <laughs> what was your, your first experience that you were wanting to say? I went to New York City when I was a sophomore in high school on a big uh, trip. I realized I never wanted to live there. It was a whole world that I just had not experienced coming from Oklahoma. And I was like, yeah, that's not the place for me. So fast forward when I go to college and they're like, you have to go to Broadway. It's the top of everything. I'm like, yeah that's also not going to happen. So that was part of the resistance of a death in college going, yeah, I don't need to go to New York. After I graduated college, I worked at Opryland in the summer. I auditioned for a cruise line. And so I went on a cruise ship. The cruise ship that I chose to go on docked in LA, which turned out to really be San Pedro. But it was docking in LA. And I was like, oh, I can see Los Angeles. So I can see if that's another option for me to move to or whether Chicago was the other option. So fast forward, I moved to Los Angeles after my third contract on a third ship. On the third ship, I met my mentor who was directing one of the shows and his name was Wayne Filenko. So I met him and we really hit it off and he was so excited that I could dance and sing. And so we just really hit it off. So. He ends up being my mentor. He asked me for a picture and resume because there's the show he's doing and he thinks I'd be perfect for it. And again, boy from Oklahoma was like, yeah, here we go. Here's someone else that thinks they're all that. And so he was like, do you have a picture and resume? And I was like, yeah, I'll get you one. But I really didn't take him seriously because I was on a cruise ship and I was like, you work on a cruise ship. Like, this is what you do. So I was very much... And that mindset of you're an office person, opera person, this is what you do if you're music theater, this is what you do if you're on a cruise ship, this is what like, it was such a weird thing in my mind, but it was very compartmentalized. And just to add to that story, when you introduce him as your mentor, he was later your mentor, not at the time that you met. Right. He be, ends up being my mentor. Later became, yeah. It was such a quick thing because that show that he asked me if I had a picture and resume for him. I, of course, blew that off. And I, because I had a four month contract on a ship. So I was like, even if, I don't even know, I have to do these four months. And he, the show he was talking about was The Who's Tommy. So while I was on the ship, they won all these Tony Awards. So I'm watching the Tonys on the ship going, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so excited for them and for him. and. I call him to congratulate him and all that because now we're in touch and he's mentoring me. So the second part of our contract was based out of New York going to Bermuda. So I came into Manhattan. He took me in to see the show. 
And I was literally just kind of blown away because I'm standing in this theater with this guy that choreographed it and we're right in the back. And, you know, I'm, I met him at the stage door. He walked me in, he was introducing me to people that I didn't know, so it didn't really matter to me. I was just saying hi to people. And then we get to the back of the theater and the guy that wrote the music was Pete Townsend of The Who. So he was standing back by the soundboard and I of course didn't know who that was either, but he introduced me to him and I was just like happy to be there with my new mentor. And it was just amazing. So I said to him at intermission, oh my gosh, this is really cool. Like it was a rock opera. So it was everything that I thought I could do because I knew the opera. I could sing R&B and stuff from the radio. So I was like, this is really in my wheelhouse. So when you guys think about rehearsals or a national tour, please let me know. Like, he was like, yeah, that's the role I was thinking about you for. And that's the other guy that I thought you could be good for. And I was like, yeah, well, it is what it is at this point. If there's replacements or a tour, let me know. So I then, after that third shift, I moved to Los Angeles. So I moved to LA July 1st. I call him July 4th. And he said to me, let me call you right back. So he called the casting people and they were like, yeah, the first round of auditions is July 9th. So he set up an appointment and he was like, Destin, can you be in New York for an audition July 9th? And I was like, I'll do my best. He was like, no, you'll be here. So I was like, financially, okay, I just moved. Okay, can I afford a ticket at the last minute? Long story short, the supportiveness of my family and, and my savings, I got to New York. I go to the audition and I'm an hour early. I'm in a suit for a New York audition. I have a briefcase. So I was very opera mindset coming out of school. And I'm seeing people that are in jeans and these characters and whatever, but it was it really interesting. So the short version of that is I sing my music. Then they say, we sing the music we sent you. And I'm singing the music and they're like, that sounds great, get to the high part. And I'm like, what, what? And I'm like singing this audition material. And they're like, page 10. I'm like flipping to the pages and I'm singing. And it was this weird thing. And I finished singing and they all start talking. And when I entered the room, they introduced me to everyone, but Wayne pretended to not know me for lots of power struggle, things that happened between the creatives. He thought it was best that no one knew that he knew me. So I did what I could do in the audition room. I sang the material and they started talking and the director said, well, I've seen what I need to see is really great. Let's call him back to do the dance audition. And Wayne, my, chore my mentor was the choreographer. And he was like, I know him. I don't need to see him dance. I already know he can dance. And the director was like, what? He was like, yeah, I know him. I met him on a cruise ship and he explains this whole thing and he was laughing and the director goes, well, if you think you can do the choreography, fine. I've seen what I need to see, let's make him an offer. And I was standing in the room like, they made me this offer and I, they were laughing. They're like, our people will call you. And I say, well, I have no people. You can tell me right now, <laughs> I have another job pending. And they were laughing and they thought, I was joking, I was like, I'm very serious. And I'm talking to them. So my mentor is trying to get to me to stop me from talking. And I was just like, hey, I just want to know what it is because I, 
you know, I have to pay my bills. Like that's the long and short of that is. And so that was my first musical or job really as an adult. And it was like the hit of the, of the year. And so being a part of something where you're joining the union, the show is a hit, the people are nice. I'm working with my mentor. I'm working with these giants. I'm just continuing my education. I'm learning and I'm around people that I just thought were extremely talented. There's nothing that will ever compare to that. And I've had great experiences since then. It's just, you're an open book and you're learning and people respect your talent because you're in the hit of the season. So you're there for a reason. And I respected everyone else in the room. So it was just, it was very reminiscent of college to me in the sense of we all deserve to be here. And it was an experience when you talk about collaboration, everything was plotted out within an inch of its life. Like do this on five, do this on six, do this on seven, do that on eight. But within that, you had the freedom to deliver what you brought to the table. And so it still felt like a collaboration while you were very staged. And so I just thought it was the most amazing experience. And it kind of jaded me in a way because the audition, they saw what they needed to see. They didn't make me jump through hoops. They saw what they needed to see and they made the offer. It was really awesome. And it's not to say I haven't had, haven't had other great experiences, but that was just, that's what everything I compared everything else to. And stepping into decon takeaway time. In this chapter, I am reminded of so many firsts and the excitement that comes when experiencing something for the very first time. However, in addition to this excitement is the coupling of validation. If you have never experienced being in front of a table of people judging you and sizing you up to see if you've got what it takes, let me tell you, it can be very nerve-wracking to say the least. In fact, I used to have such terrible anxiety that my legs or my jaw would start shaking. I later had a teacher that blew my mind and said, that's just excitement. And you've got so much of it that your body doesn't know what to do with it all. But my mind had all kinds of ideas. Anyway, clearly this type of excitement was not an issue for Destin, and his audition experience was compounded with the validation of a contract. I loved hearing his post-audition banter where he said, make me an offer because I got another job lined up, and he kept going on and on, and I'm sure he would have continued going if his mentor hadn't cut him off. Anyway, I'll leave you with this. There is no such thing as luck. Luck is the intersection of preparation and opportunity, and in Destin's case, a whole lot of charisma and talent. 100%. <laughs> That's it for this little chapter. In the last chapter of Destin Owen's story, he offers up a little advice for anyone looking to leverage their talents into a meaningful life and career. To get more involved with Deconstruction Arts, visit our website, www.deconstructionarts.org to get info on upcoming events. Through our website, you can become a Decon member and join us every week for an amazing meditation and movement class. All are welcome to participate in this one hour Zoom-based sound bath and invigorating movement practice. 
Also, if you were moved or found value in today's podcast, please visit our website to make a tax-deductible donation to support the continuation of this always ad-free podcast and other projects. And of course, remember that inspiration truly is everywhere. Seize a moment at some point today when you can step into the calm of your mind, take a conscious deep breath, look around, and be inspired. 